Welcome back, sparklers, to another sparkly episode of Ignite Your Spark. I'm your host, Kim Duff Selby. And you know, I like to bring you people who have gifts to share that are not always in the mainstream of life. I like to introduce you to new ways of being, new ways of thinking, new people to help you ignite your spark on your path to becoming the most joyful version of yourself. Today, my guest is Rebecca Dawson. She is an international consultant, speaker, and author. And here's the fun part. She has been channeling since a spontaneous event at the age of 18. And we'll go into how she channels and how hers is different from other people with whom I have spoken on the podcast. She delivers wisdom and teachings from multiple aspects of source, including Masters Serapis Bay, I don't know if I said that correctly, uh, Saint-Germain and Kuthumi. So I'm not sure if I'm saying all the names of those people, but she has worked and collaborated in many fields, natural medicine, you know, I love that, business, education, and new technologies, and is becoming recognized as a teacher of teachers. And she works specifically with people in the field of new energy. Rebecca has facilitated over 2,000 channeled sessions, conducted dozens of workshops, seminars, and retreats all over the world. She has the author of four books. We'll go into that as well. She lives in Australia, but she is talking to us from the U.S. today. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for being here, and welcome to Ignite Your Spark. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. I'm super delighted to be here with you, and I can't wait to see what we create together in this conversation. <laughs> yes, for those of you listening, I generally do not ever have prepared questions for my guests. I read about them, I study them, I listen to things that they've been on, but I prefer a more more organic conversation as if we are sitting having a cup of tea or a beverage of our choice and just chatting because I am fascinated especially by Rebecca and her channeling. Before we get into that, Rebecca, how do you ignite your spark? Oh, I love this because I think that's a way of being and a way of living. And for me and what uh, the channel content I bring through, we talk a lot about how joy and curiosity and not knowing is is that spark for life. It's what propels us into evolution and it's also what enables us to thrive. So for me, traveling, asking questions, discovering new things and being deeply curious about things that are happening every day, that's what brings me joy. You know, I particularly like that because I also feel that same way for all of the things that you mentioned. What I like about that is very open-ended. You know, it's not one thing that ignites your spark because in reflecting back on my past guests and on my own queries into what ignites my spark, a lot of times I think it is dancing or meditating or yoga. And that's true, but I love the open-endedness of experiencing joy, going out, asking questions. That's, that is really eye-opening and 
I think that is really helpful and will hopefully resonate with many people listening that it doesn't have to be one thing, especially those of us who have that OCD kind of, I have to do this that way and this that way. I'm a recovering OCD person. This <laughs> is an opportunity to, to question. I, I just love that. I'm sorry. Not, not about me. Not about me. Do you want to share with us this spontaneous event that led to channeling? Sure. And I love that you said that because I'm a Virgo and a recovering list writer as well. And the core core part of what we what we teach and share with people is how to move out of the ego and mind and into our creative nature as representatives of source consciousness. And that's consciousness. And that's all about being open-ended because mm. we always say that consciousness itself has no destination in mind. It's only our minds and our egos that have a destination in mind. So spontaneous event, yes, that's how it all actually began too. And funnily enough, no one has ever really succinctly pointed that out like you have just then. So I thank you for that. That brings a smile to my face. <laughs> so, yes, spontaneous event, I was 18. I'd always had, um, you know, capacities to see and feel and, and hear. I could see energy fields from a young age and uh uh, and spoke to relatives that had passed over and um, could see into the body and all of that sort of thing. But the channeling was not really part of the plan. I don't think anyone really plans to be a channeler. Uh, it's, it's not really encouraged as a great career path. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not on the curriculum in most colleges or universities. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I, if it is on a curriculum somewhere, I'll be fascinated. Um, maybe it is here in the US, but certainly in Australia and, you know, um, 25, 30 years ago, it was, uh, it was not something you could talk about even outside very close circles. So that experience for me was me being very interested while I was at university. I had a bit of an obsession with uh, ancient Egypt through some dreams and some memories that I feel that I had. And I had found this old packet of uh, ancient Egyptian tarot cards in a shop and I took them home with me and just started playing with them. And I was just mucking around and I had a couple of people come over and I would try and practice what I had learnt, um, and probably my second or third time that I did that, uh, suddenly what I was saying to them, my voice changed, my head felt very expanded. I call it like the marshmallow man effect. I felt very big. And, uh, and I was there for an hour talking about this person's uh, past life history and why things were the way that they were and what, what they could really reclaim for themselves. And it was a total surprise to me. That wasn't difficult. That was very easy. What was difficult was the adjustment, the life adjustment after that happened to try and make sense of it and figure out what all of this meant and why it was happening. <laughs> yeah, because that is unusual, obviously. I just love people's origin stories. I, I think it's fascinating. The fact you just sort of brushed over the fact, oh, yes, I could see energies and I spoke to, you know, dead people, blah, blah. Well, I always wanted that, even though I grew up with all those knowledge, that knowledge that, oh, yeah, there's life after life. And there are relatives. I just was always so envious, even as a young child, when I would go to the spiritualist community with my parents, with my mom. And, and I would be like, you can do that. I can't do that. I realize that we all can. And some of us probably just have a block in front of us, but you were obviously so open to, and they, you were chosen because you were probably so open, I guess. Well, 
Well, I was open, but I, I feel that, again, it was my curiosity about it that enabled me not to dismiss it. So I used to go, even when I was a young child at school, primary school, what you call elementary school here, I think, I, I used to hang out in the libraries at lunchtime and try and find books that would explain this sort of thing. So I used to try and find the section, you know, on unexplained mysteries or psychic phenomena. And I can tell you that in Catholic school libraries, there's not a lot of content there. So I ended up going to state libraries and things like that <laughs> to try and find out more. And then I came across the Theosophical Society. They had a library in our, in our small city in Australia, and I was able to find out a little bit more through that. So again, it was my curiosity that kept it alive for me when I was a child, I feel. Um, and I was quite lucky that I had parents that didn't dismiss it completely, but just kind of said, oh, that's interesting. You know, you are lucky. You're fortunate. And this is not at all, I know, where the conversation is meant to go or going, whatever. But when you talk about Catholicism, what is so funny to me is that they revere Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe he was a great teacher and a master. He rose from the dead. It's right in the Bible. It's like, hello, people. How can you not believe? You know, I guess, I guess if you're a true Catholic, you just are like, yeah, but that's okay. That's just one example. That's Jesus. No one else does that, you know. Anyway, very interesting. Well, well, I, I, yeah, I, and I think it's that degree of separation um, that a lot of, um, I think the core the core essence in a lot of religions, of course, is that we all have this capacity within ourselves, but that gets lost in in translation. <laughs> you know that something like Jesus is a is a demonstration of what's possible for all of us. But again, uh, things are set up in systems of hierarchy where we we're taught to revere something that's considered to be beyond ourselves. Um, and I think really the message is it's within ourselves. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, God is we are God. I mean, that's a hard concept. I know. I, 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 I grapple with that as well. Growing up as a child, I was taught God is love. We are all God. But I do, there's a song from the Broadway musical Les Mis and it, something in it, I had someone sing it at my wedding. When you look into the eyes of another, you are looking into the eyes of God. Oh my gosh. Just love that. <laughs> I love that. Well, I think, I believe that that's what the greeting namaste means. The God in me greets the God in you. Well, I think it has come to mean a lot of different things. You know, the light in me honors the and the light in you, at least at the end of a yoga. I just love saying it because it feels right to me. Namaste, mm -hmm. you know. All right. So back to the channeling and the messages. You do this. And when you do the channeling, and I watched you on a YouTube, on your YouTube channel. So you do seem to be a different person. When <laughs> I mean, it's, this is you, and then when you're channeling, the words that are coming out of your mouth are not really that easy. You know, it's not like you and I talking very easily. It's very deep for want of a better word, and obviously I can tell the difference, and I'm sure most people can. Before you go into channeling, and is this something that you do? You do it on your YouTube, but you also, or you have done it. You do it in front of people when you're speaking to them, like Esther Hicks, or is it, tell me how you go about doing this, the channeling and sharing this message. Oh, okay. Sure. Interesting question. Uh, well, I've, I've been doing it for such a long time now. I think the first maybe five years 
it it was really crafting my ability to to do it on demand mm-hmm. uh, and and so that's where I am now so so really just like back to the beginning of the conversation curiosity and open-endedness that seems to be the energy that ignites it so if there is a question or if there's something to be explored the energy's there for it and it's very easy to switch that on so I'm happy to even do a bit of that in our conversation oh, today. I, I would I love like that. that. I, I would love that. I mean, I'm just assuming because I would love that those people listening out in podcast land would love that too. But to me, when experiential anything really brings something home. And I was, that was really what I was curious about is how do you get into that mindset? I mean, Ideas come to me and to other people I know at random times, you know, and I guess you would call that spontaneous because when I sit and try really hard to find an idea or to meditate it, it doesn't work. It has to come when my that part of my mind is shut down, I guess. So I was curious as to how you can call in the people who speak with you. Is it yes. always the same people? Spirit, guide. most of the time, and that's because they're existing with a, within a particular bandwidth width of vibrational frequency and integrity. So that's what I like to engage with. The first years that I was doing this, it was very difficult. It was all over the place. I was a bit like an open, an open radio field, and really almost anything could come in. And so I learned over the years how to refine. Uh, so that, and I had to do that with my own experience, my own body, my own way of living. The more refined I am, the more refined the energy is. So that I don't actually access, and nothing can actually access me that's not either a direct match with my frequency or higher than that. So uh, when I first started, people used to say, "Oh, you're so young, and it's dangerous, and so on." But when you understand the the physics of resonance and energy, it's not something you really need to concern yourself with. So and it, we can all raise our vibrations, can't we? Well, well, yes. It's, it's. I don't know that it's something that you can necessarily do consciously. I know a lot of people talk about, you know, you sit here and you raise your frequency. And that being said, I, I do have some friends who have done a lot of training in things like remote viewing, and there's certain things they do to raise their frequency to do those things. But I'm more interested in what is your core frequency and how you're operating and showing up every day in this world because we can move into altered states that aren't sustainable but we can continue to exist in a vibration that pertains to creating great things and attracting great things and having a great influence in the world. So I'm more interested in that. But on that note, it's less of a shifting into a different vibration for me as the channeler. It's more a shifting shifting gears. And so this is actually how I've, I've, I have mentored some people to be able to do something similar to me. I, I, I show them how to switch gears for where their awareness sits within their brain and body, where you are perceiving from, because it's all about where you're viewing from. That's mm. very important. What lens are you looking through? That's what determines the ease with which you can channel or receive information even within yourself for an idea. Clearly you are able to reach more people by teaching teachers rather than just individuals. But I assume when you started out, you worked one-on-one with people because I just love your words and I love how your energy is. And I'm like, I want more of that. You know, just in terms of 
consciousness raising. I, I want to be the best version of myself. My listeners want to be the best versions of themselves. I don't know. I just said that. <laughs> I, I love it. And I think we, we all want that for each other because we have such a deep love and faith in humanity and we're all brothers and sisters and we want the best for everybody. I think it's difficult anymore to just want the best for yourself because we're so aware that we're part of a collective consciousness now. But, um, yeah, so I began doing individual things and very quickly moved to small groups, which I would do, you know, in the privacy and safety of my own home because I wasn't very confident with things. And then I actually worked in a clinical setting for a long time as a, as a counsellor, and then I would bring some of this wisdom through to certain clients who, who were open to that. And what I discovered more and more was that people were coming back to me again and again, not necessarily because they needed assistance, but because they wanted to hear more. Uh, and one of the common things people would say is, I wish there were other people like me that I could relate to or connect to who were interested in these things. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started creating bigger events and online communities, and now I do seminars and workshops that connect people from all over the world. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that that is exactly what we're the human connection, especially over the past, you know, few years, we I <laughs> crave that connection that was so sorely lacking for many years. But I my belief is that as humans and things that I've read, connecting keeps us young as we age and helps people live longer, fuller lives when you're connected. And especially if you are connected to someone who has the same beliefs that you do, where you're learning something in a group setting. I love it myself. I think it's great. Yes. Yes, I agree. And and uh, St. Germain has often said that uh, fear is fear of death is not the greatest fear for a human. Fear of not belonging is. Mm. So, uh, so. I, I love to be able to be involved with spaces where people feel as if they belong to each other, mm -hmm. not in a way about ownership, but in a way of embracing each other as, as humans. Oh, humans sure. We're very hard on ourselves. Oh, yes. and We're very hard on each other. Oh, we are. We're so judgy too. When I catch myself judging, I'm like, I know I'm doing it, you know? And I was on a call this morning and I was, I was, a Zoom thing, and I'm like, I'm judging her because she just doesn't have any spark. And, you know, <laughs> she's not a fun person. I like fun people. But, all right, back to the channeling. One question I do have is you are cognizant the entire time you're channeling. Are you yes, aware? So and you remember what you've said? Largely. So I'm what you would call a conscious channel. So I, you know, I don't knock, don't get knocked out or anything like that. I'm where I'm there with it. And it's a little bit like if I was listening to a conversation in a room between two people, I would be the third person listening. So I'm listening in. Um, but what's most interesting to me is that when the channeling's happening, I get a whole visual. It's like watching a documentary or a movie. So for say, for example, we're speaking to an individual about something that they're experiencing or collectively what's happening for the planet, I'm, I get a visual of what that looks like. And, um, and I'm getting to the question about what I remember because these visuals I get are so, they're so involved and they're so in-depth and they're so multidimensional that my brain can't possibly hold all of that information. 
So I have learned over the years to remember key aspects. I've asked to be able to remember key aspects and not remember the rest. So if I were to give you an example, say I had someone sitting in front of me who was going through a very difficult time or someone standing up in the audience who's having a challenge and we bring through something for them, I see this map of all of these spheres and each one of these spheres is a different potential and possibility or history in their existence, not just from this life experience but from others. And, and what we do is we zoom into them and we have a look. And then we present that piece and then we might go over here and present that piece, which looks like a coherent map of information for the person listening. But when this first started happening, I, my, my personality would be watching and saying, but what about that? That's so important. We have to go over and talk about that part. I mean, that's amazing. And I'd say we're giving them what they need to hear right now. I mean, that is time to go on. Yes, I understand that there are things we are not, that would not serve us right now. Yes. When yes. you are handling, I would guess I would say global consciousness, have you, how long have you been doing this, the channeling work? I'm just curious about how it's changed and shifted. Oh, how it's changed over the time. So it was more, more personal experiences in the beginning. And then when I was in this clinic setting, what I noticed is that there were, because I was in a big natural medicine clinic and it was, it was big. We had like 16 practitioners or something. And what we noticed was that there were waves of people coming in with the same symptoms, mm. all different ages. And what, because I was mapping the energy fields because I could see them um, with an acupuncturist of people that were coming in, what we started to notice that the same things were happening in people's energy fields that coincided with these symptoms. So we started to map them. So I have thousands of drawings of energy fields, and that's when I started to realise, oh, Something's happening here. This is not really uh, illness per se. This is adjustment in people's energy fields and nervous systems through the shifts that are happening vibrationally on the planet and through people's expanding consciousness. So what a lot of people call ascension symptoms. Well, that's what I call it now. Um, and that's when I, when I realized, okay, there's something more going on here. And it was around that time, it was probably 2009, 2010, that we started to actually channel through specifically about the shift between what we would call a third dimensional reality and a fifth dimensional reality and yeah. at that time I had never heard of 5d no one I knew had ever heard of 5d what does that mean so I really had to suspend my own beliefs to be able to bring through that content oh yeah now it's the buzzword everywhere I know which super is super exciting for me because now it's become quite normal <laughs> In a very short period of time, which That's is great. Very short period of time. And I've also read things that people say, oh, it's not good to go to 5D. I, I don't want to get into that. But I'm just going to blame every time I have, like, gut issues on my ascension. I'm ascending. <laughs> I'm oh, you too? Gut issues? Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. Every, I mean, I know so many people with gut issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting you said that because I got a migraine the other day. And I get... I maybe once a year, I don't know, maybe and this I had one four months ago. But you know what? I, I like I'm like, oh well, that's just because I had sort of this dream that light codes were being implanted in me or I was asking for healing. I'm like, well, that's why I had the migraine. Let's just blame it all on the supernatural and the um it helps me to think that way sometimes. I don't know. You know, I can't sleep. Well, 
you know. I, I think it takes the stress out of things. I think when you discover that there are so many other people that are where you are who are experiencing these things too, it takes the fear and stress out of it. I mean, you can you can by all means take action to relieve yourself of discomfort or have it investigated further, but it kind of reminds us that we're okay. Yeah. And I think that's what we don't experience in our health and medical systems at large is no. you're okay. It's yeah. Fabulous. Too much fear. And especially around aging, as I reach that age where they're like, well, you have to be careful of this and you shouldn't be doing I'm like, well, why are you planting those seeds in my brain? Because can we just say, yeah, I could be vital and young and, you know, till my 80s and 90s. Why, why, why do you have to tell people that you should start falling apart? I don't know. That yes. Whole yes. And that's where, you know, brilliant, brilliant minds and consciousnesses like Bruce Lipton, are on our planet to remind us that our biology is bleak and uh, it's all about our perspective on things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Would you mind uh, channeling a little bit for my listeners before we end up? Whatever comes to you, I know the message will be what we're meant to hear. Of course. <laughs> Can you give me a little bit of a, an indication? No, actually, we don't need an indication of time. No. Would you like to um, pose a question, Kim, or would you like us to just dive in and deliver something? What would be one thing that would assist humans at this time in releasing the fear that is we are surrounded by every day with media, with war, how can we raise ourselves out of fear and into more positive living, the universe? What a beautiful question. Thank you. Greetings to you, blessed one. We are with you. And while this is for you in this moment, it is also for all who are drawn to your expression. In our view, it is not a question of releasing or removing fear. For the evolving and expanding human has the capacity to acknowledge its existence, to actually acknowledge its presence, and then gracefully and graciously choose to express something other than that. Humans have often dealt, of course, within your dualistic reality with a perceived problem by attempting to remove it. Either attempting to remove it or attempting to balance it. What we would instead encourage on this day is the complete and utter recognition of its existence. Because humans have forgotten the art of acknowledgement and agreement. Where there is acknowledgement, there is fear on this day. There is fear on the planet and there is fear within me. It is very powerful because your consciousness in that truth, acknowledging its existence, is actually meeting it where it is. And in that, it has nothing to move against. It has nothing to push against. It is allowed to exist without the exertion of force or friction. 
In this way, it enables the fear or the experience that is generating the fear to complete itself. Because if one is not entangled with it, if one is not negotiating with fear, it enables its full life cycle to come into bloom so that something else can appear in its place. What you experience on the planet at this time is a blooming of that which humanity would wish was not in existence. And yet to fully evolve as a collective consciousness, one must be willing to embrace the totality of what is. Your world is, has been a dualistic reality. It is, will be, a more multifaceted, multidimensional reality. But in order to embrace those possibilities, one must be willing to embrace duality. So, important not to attempt to remove, but to acknowledge. Just as you have suggested earlier, dear one, the light in me sees the light in you. You are acknowledging its existence. Because even fear, even that which you believe is darkness and negativity, is still the light playing a game of duality. I see you there. I acknowledge you exist. And then another game can begin. Perhaps a game of creation this time. So when you begin to sense it, because many of you who are listening, in this moment, are awakening in the morning or having moments throughout your day where you are sensing doom, impending negativity or dire events. You can feel it. It's accompanied by a sense of hopelessness. This is important because the fear and the hopelessness or the sense of inability to do anything is very important because it's actually rending you into a situation where your awareness becomes there is nothing for me to do other than to acknowledge that it exists and continue to stay in my own essence. So for many, it is like the weather. You wake up and the weather is fear today. The weather is anxiety today. It is one thing to note the weather, dear one, it is another thing to claim it as your own. Because this is what humans do. They sense and then they bring it into their own field of reference, which is their biology, which is all of the memories, where all of the memories sit. And they bring it into their biology so that they can reference it, label it, know what it is. Oh, I know what this is. Oh, that's mine. And then it becomes your experience. Rather than being the viewer of the weather, but this is what the status quo is within this field at this time. That's the distinction between sensing energy and feeling energy. And we encourage you all to become sensors of energy because you don't need to embody it to know what it is. If you are listening to this, you've already had so much experience on this planet and you're already a very developed consciousness of human you don't need to keep experiencing the same things to know what they are. And it's the same when you detect fear or if there is war or this is conflict. The exasperation within you and perhaps the anger is we know what this is. We have seen it before. 
And if you know that, it's an indication that you're sensing it in the collective field because it's coming into fullness now. Let it come into fullness because if you keep trying to pull it down, it's not going to fulfill its life cycle of evolution and make way for something new. So we are very clear when we say that there is a blooming that is occurring at this time. That is our response to you. Do we answer your question, dear one? Yes, and I will need to go back and listen to this. And I I believe I understand not to repress, not to suppress, to let go is my understanding. Let the fear happen because in my hopes, something better will come out of that. Of course. And the most powerful admission there is this exists within me in this moment. And if I know that it exists, it is not me nor my experience. And let it go. Because if you can acknowledge it, it no longer needs to be there to get your attention. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Thank you for that explanation. Yes. Thank you so much. It is our joy to be with you. And may you continue to inspire and ignite the redundant joy within many. Peace be with you. Ah. I am honored. I am moved. I have tears. That was beautiful. What a gift you just gave to me and to all those listening. A gift that we can go back and listen to time and time again. You, you will hear different things in it every time you hear it. It's it's multifaceted, like all the messages. <laughs> yeah. I am so grateful for your time here today. I I know that we are better for having had this opportunity to be with you. And I know that the light that you are shining through your channeled messages is something that's going to awaken the consciousness of so many. That is so clear to me. So thank you. Thank you, Kim. We're all in this together. <laughs> it's very true. When you look in the eyes of someone else, you are looking in the eyes of God. And that's when you look in the mirror, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Rebecca, where can people find you? Where would be the best place for them to go? Easiest place to find me is my website, which is just my name, RebeccaDawson.com. Super easy. I also have a YouTube channel. You can find most things on my website, lots of free content and videos. Uh, and you can also sign up for a free meditation download by going to Rebecca Dawson forward slash meditation, or you can download a free chapter of my book agreement on the website as well. Oh, how lovely. Thank you for your offerings. Thank you for sharing your gift. And thank you for igniting my spark. And I know my listeners too. I am blessed, totally blessed. Thank you. Thank you, too. And uh, to all of you listening, you just received a gift that you did not know you were going to get. And I hope you listen to this over and over again, because I know you will find meaning, you will achieve joy. And that is my greatest hope for all of you. Joy, happiness, and the opportunity and ability to ignite your spark so that you give others permission to ignite theirs. 
Shine on until next time. And please share this episode if you are as moved as I am. Walk through life. Every day is a new beginning. Shine.